0: Are you kidding me? This song gets me every time. See the moment. See the moment. Don't miss it. This moment. See it. Eyes open. Ears open. See the moment. Divine appointments are all around us. We've lived through them. We're maybe even experiencing them right now. But sometimes we miss it. So my desire this morning as we begin this uh, 10-week series on divine appointments... ...that you would see not only divine appointments that you've had uh, perhaps in the past... ...but honestly more relevant to this very moment... ...what is more relevant for this Saturday as a church... What's more relevant in your life this week is that you would lean into these divine appointments that God has set up for you. So divine appointments, the subtitle, um, if we could get that on the screen, fellows in the back. Um, that divine appointments is about pursuing purposeful relationships. Pursuing purposeful relationships. So what are divine appointments? Obviously, we've all heard that phrase. Maybe you use that phrase, maybe that's something that's been a major part of your life, or maybe that's something you've not thought a whole lot about. For us, in these 10 weeks, we want to just take a moment to say, hey, no matter where you've been or what you've done, right now in this moment, pursue purposeful relationships. What does that look like for you? It looks like for me, it looks like for a lot of you that I know that have heard your story, it looks for you to be on mission. See, when you're leaning in and you're pursuing those relationships, when you're pursuing those moments of divine appointments, it's where God meets you there. And he's already set it up for you. It's like this this moment that he's set in motion and that you simply catch it as a lob that he threw to you. Um, We're going to see every week uh, several different examples of mainly point of contacts that Jesus had um, with certain people that were... (laughs) Automatically divine appointments. Jesus being uh, divine, um, and there's definitely different ways you could divi- uh, define divine appointments. Um, a lot of times, people use the phrase when it, uh, something just godlike happens in their life, or happened, or this this maybe this miraculous moment that they were they were saved, like literally their life was saved, or maybe a miraculous moment that they were um, uh, spiritually saved, that they made a decision to follow Christ. Um, to be saved and maybe for them that was their divine appointment. but I want to, and I want to talk about those moments, but I also again want to draw out your attention to see and not miss divine appointments that you are pursuing. that may you be conduit, may you be on mission this summer that it wouldn't necessarily be about a bounce house or a snow cone or a food truck or at home or work or just a vague, idea of serving your city, but may you specifically, each and every one of you, may you specifically see that God has made this doorway in a sense, this doorway of of good works, this doorway of amazing connections, this doorway of encouraging words, this doorway of hope that you're supposed to meet someone. And impact them in a beautiful and powerful and life-changing way. And he's like God is as if he's set everything in motion. He's built this door. It's as if he's asking you, he's wooing you to step through this door to experience that divine, divine appointment. Um, for me, I just kind of wrote down a few. If you could, uh, as I'm talking about some of these, uh, if you could turn to Ephesians chapter two, park there. We're going to be in John eight and Luke eight today. Um, and, uh, but go ahead and go to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, some divine appointments in my life. Um, I, th- I think the first one that comes to my mind, which actually is, a, is quite, um, it's an emotional divine appointment. And there's so many layers to the impact that this person um, had on my life. And I'd been wrestling through This, I mean, as we've been thinking about divine appointments, been thinking about this for uh, several weeks now. I'm thinking about this person that has had a divine impact on my life, and um, uh, it's it was my one of my closest friends in college, my roommate. um, His name was Kevin Grape, and he passed away uh, in uh, late 2005 uh, with complications of uh, with some health issues he was having. Uh, It was sudden. It was a surprise. It was tragic. And hearing that news, getting that phone call um, at the time I was living down south, and um, it was devastating. It was devastating because he was the one that was like the loudest, the funniest, the most alive person Kevin Grape was. And I I even hesitated, even though he was the first person that came to my mind, I hesitated to kind of even talk about this uh, because of the emotional nature of it because of the depths of it, and because it's never a short story, but I will keep it really short this morning. But as I was um, really wrestling with bringing this up, to be honest, I had a divine, divine appointment on, um, what night did we go to Buffalo? Is that Wednesday? Thursday? Thursday night, I had a divine appointment. Um, some friends of ours went to a comedy club um, uh, to hear Chris. comedian Chris. Uh, in Buffalo, and so obviously we go there, and we're waving in line, um, we're getting food, and we're getting ready to go in to uh, experience this, this show, and um, standing in line, I hadn't seen since uh, my best friend Kevin Grape's funeral, is uh, Kevin Grape's older brother, younger brother, and best friend Brian, and their spouses it hit me like, woo! <laughs> what, okay, we're talking about Kevin this Sunday. Lord, I hear you loud and clear. And I, and I didn't even know what to say to these guys and, and, and vice versa because there was this, this convergence of, of like, we all loved Kevin and obviously they grew up and they were brothers with Kevin and best friends with Kevin and I, and I was a friend from college and just converging on this funeral in, in, in Rochester, New York, um, in late 2005, for me, it was a divine appointment, and this reminded me of it this week, was just that, that God orchestrates so much. Past what we even see, past what we even understand. And what I, would, what I would consider is one of the greatest tragic moments of my life, the hardest moments to walk through as a human being. He's used that in my life to actually change my life. I mean, what specific is the divine appointment is um, this divine appointment happened the morning of Catholic funeral back in October of 2005. Um, I'd, been in, I'd been living in the south and I'd been in discussion with a church in this, in this area about coming to be um, on their church staff. Um, again, this is 2005 and... Um, <laughs> I kind of closed the door on it, maybe in my mind, kind of was going through the emotions corresponding um, with them on regards to how I would get up here and how that would work. And uh, the moment I I felt like I kind of closed the door because of the geographical um, gap of what was happening and and several other factors, um, Kevin had passed. And then I learned that where Kevin was from and where the funeral was, was very close to this place called Jamestown, New York. And that morning of the funeral, as ironic but divine as it was, uh, the search team came over and met me at a Bob Evans. I believe there's a couple people even on the search team in this room this morning um, that were there and met me there. For me, as strange as that sounds, that was a divine moment for me, a divine appointment. A divine appointment is this idea that... (laughs) At the center of it all, God is setting up these moments for us. At the center of it all, there's this idea that God is setting up these moments for them. And for me, it wasn't just coming up for a funeral. It wasn't just a job. It was this calling. It was this moment of like, I want you. I, this is where I want you. This is where I want you to establish your life and your family and your ministry. That was a divine appointment for me. Another one, uh, I think back, I just wrote down several. I think back, um, we had moved away to Arizona um, in 2011, and we came back a few years later. And um, uh, I had written on a friend of mine's, uh, or maybe I had posted something about coming back to the area. And at the time, uh, Pastor Cameron uh, was uh, pastoring a church in Frewsburg. And I'm thinking about this divine, ironic appointment. Uh, Cameron writes, and we didn't really know each other at all. Uh, He writes in the uh, comment section, (laughs) he's like, "Uh, I'm really excited to work with you. Welcome back to the area. And I'm like, yes, Lord. God's up there chuckling, knowing and seeing the divine appointments of the future, the divine appointments of how things converge. I'm thinking of future Fridays. I'm thinking of these moments where, as Pastor Cameron was up here talking, about these different things we have this event coming this Saturday it's not about bounces it's not about hot dogs it's not about chicken barbecue it's not about all these fun environments that we're creating it's about these appointments these intersections these doorways that God has invited us into that someone is waiting to hear from you there's someone out there that needs what you have the hope in Christ the courage you have the the love you have, the grace you have, the mercy you have that comes from Christ, the peace of Christ that's overflowing from you to them. There's these divine appointments where they need what you got. They need what you got. I'm thinking of last week and Vinny, uh, give it up for Vinny. That was so good last week. Uh, um, Vinny talked about how... <laughs> uh, When he was in the parking lot with this angel. Uh, All y'all did not know where that story was going. (laughs) Including including me the first time I had heard it. Um, But for Vinny, that was a divine appointment that changed everything for him. Maybe, Maybe not at that very second. But that was the mosaic that God was using to play into his life. To woo him. To perfect him, to grow him, to change him, to stretch him to who the man he is today. And God's still doing that with Vinny, and God's still doing that with me, and guess what? God's still doing that with you. So I want to invite you to the the places in your life, the mosaic, those spots that seem really fun to tell stories about, like seeing random people that hand you a Bible in a parking lot and disappear, but also down to the level of those painful excruciating, hurtful moments in your life. You know God is even taking that and he's using that as a divine appointment. Not for torture, not because he likes to see you suffer, but there's there's something happening in that divine appointment. I remember in college, another quick divine appointment, um, I remember being really down and, and discouraged about being used of God. And I remember this, preacher was talking about uh have you have you asked have you asked God to use you today have you asked to, you just simply ask God God use me today use me today to help somebody use me today to encourage someone and I happened to be um um flying out later that day I think I was maybe flying home um, from Florida where I was in school back to Illinois, and I remember praying that specific prayer. I was so inspired, God used me today. I was sitting on a plane next to this guy who happened to be his name was Bob Schillen. and um, he happened to be I don't really understand what he did, but he worked um, for the British government and he was um, on assignment here in the United States. And um, wow, he was way smarter than me um, to say like he was just so intimidating. How like business like and just but I said God use me today use me today just started a conversation with him went back and forth he's such a gracious and kind and I just simply walked him through um, the plan of salvation walked him through the hope that each one of us can have of our sins being forgiven because of what Christ did on the cross and him rising from the dead gives us new life and new hope and I'll never forget, as we felt the plane literally start to slow down and descend, he prayed to receive Jesus as his Savior. This is before Facebook, and um, so years later, got reconnected with him over Facebook. And like, the first picture I see, he's wearing, uh, like, he's, I guess he's in ministry now. And he's wearing like this big robe. I don't know, was like an Orthodox. Job. I'm like, whoa, dude! I have so many questions. Like, like <laughs> so many questions. Uh, but nonetheless, it's these moments that, like, you. Ha- my, my question for you this morning, moving into these divine appointments. Before we go any further, have you asked today? Have you asked God to use you today? He's waiting. He's got his moments ready. He's inviting you in, but he's also curious. Are, is this something you're desiring? Are your eyes open? Do you see it? Because today he's saying, don't miss it. Don't miss it. One more. I just two more real quick. Uh, this sanctuary is a lot of fun, especially when there's like a, um, specifically a wedding or some type of event, and someone that maybe doesn't go here, and they come into this building, and they went here as a kid. There's this gloss that comes over them of this memory of the divine appointments. That God met them in a building. It was powerful for them. It's so amazing to hear about those divine appointments just surrounded by a building in brick and mortar. Or God met them. God had something for them. Or they had something for someone else. Last night, uh, we were at Conduit North. And... Um, I kind of eavesdropped on a couple conversations, uh, mainly because the room's small. But hearing a few people, uh, three in particular, that I heard go out of their way and go up to Jordan and Janelle and communicate to them the impact, genuine impact that they've had on mission in their life. It was powerful. It was powerful knowing that, like for them. Showing up, making a meal, hugging, smiling, conversating, talking, whether it was a child or an adult, was these divine appointments that added to the life of someone on the north side of Jamestown. I heard this one woman in particular tell Jordan, I I heard her loud and clear, she's been through a lot and her faith has become stronger because of him. You hear that? And they're, they're probably inside like, okay, move on. Stop talking about me. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you guys are amazing. And you guys are incredible. And God is going to use you in Florida. No doubt in anybody's mind. And it's going to be amazing. And we're so excited for you. Truthfully. But, but you can still stay. But, you can still stay. <laughs> but this room... It's filled with you. People just like that. That like you're not, you've not like reinvented the wheel. You've not made some life-altering, world-altering uh, invention. But you showed up. You gave a hug. You made a meal. You said a kind word. You spoke the truth of Jesus. The gospel changes it all. <laughs> One of our main codes is at the center of these divine appointments. That we're supposed to be on mission, living on mission, live on mission. We exist for others. God has placed us here, He's put us here for others. Okay, let's get into it. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and verses 8 and 9. You guys are probably familiar. With this passage. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 9. It says. Lost my spot. For. By grace. You have been saved. For by grace have you been saved. Through faith. And this is not of your own doing. Praise. Jesus. Right. This is not. Because of how amazing you are, although God made you amazing. This is not how good you are, although God made you good. This is not how well you do church or how well you put it on a face. This has nothing to do with that. This is of Christ. He set you free. He's made you alive. It's not of your doing. It is a gift of God. Jesus on the cross is a gift. Jesus rising from the dead is a gift. Not a result of works. Let me say that loud and clear. Not as a result of works. Do you hear me? Works come after being saved. You don't clean a fish before you catch it. You catch a fish and then you clean it. That's how that works. Not like, this is not like, well, the Greek means this, this. And this is what Paul really meant. Listen. Not of works. You're not saved because of your works. You're not saved because of your works. It's by the grace of God. Unmerited favor. His absolute mercy on our sin and our life. Our soul can be saved by faith and trust in Jesus. And today, if you've not made that decision, if you've not been in a place where you said, you know what, Jesus? I am so sorry for how I've sinned. I'm so sorry for how I've fallen short. But I recognize that that cross now is the atonement, is the payment, is the spankings for my sin. It's already been paid for. And him rising from the dead, him rising from the dead gives me new life. Jesus saved me. Today, every one of y'all have no excuse. Say that. Believe that. Begin to pursue that divine relationship. Everything changes from there. But that's not really where we're parking today. But if that's where you're at, consider today a divine appointment. Consider today a divine appointment if you've not made that decision. And we'd love to talk to you through that, talk to you more about that. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. One more time. I want to just really sink in. This is where we're parking. This is where we're at. This is what divine appointments is all about. It's as if God sets this whole thing in motion. It's as if he preordained, as if he set it all up for this. Listen. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand. He's not trapped in time. He's not trapped in yesterday. He's not trapped in emotion. He's not trapped in any limitations. We are finite. He is infinite. And in that, that, that infinite power and infinite strength and infinite presence, God is setting these things in motion for you, for them, for us, and ultimately for him and his glory. That we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship. Workmanship. What is that? There's one other place that the context the root word where this is found is Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. We're not going to spend time there, but I just want to simply point it out. Because workmanship, when it's used in Romans 1.20, talks about the works of God in creation. Did you know God created the world? Did you know that? Just making that very clear. And he actually did it in a week, which is kind of crazy. Actually less than a week because he took a day off. But that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. But his workmanship talks about the works of God in creation. So when it says that we, you and I, like, like Podunk, Junior Varsity, B Corey Eric, and the rest of y'all, we are his workmanship The other time, this workmanship, this is blowing my mind. The only other time this is used is when God talks about, like, Yosemite. Yosemite? Are you serious? The Grand Canyon, the Andes Mountains, the whole world. Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Even Bustai, ladies and gentlemen. I can say that because that's where I'm from. The works of creation, he's using that same word with you and me? That's crazy. Why? What's so amazing about us? You don't see it? Yeah, I don't either. But God does. He sees this in you. He's created. he set this up. He's set up a love He's set it all in motion for you to be at work. Not to just be busy. Not so that you can say, well, I'm saved because I'm busy. I'm saved because I'm at work. No, as a response of you being saved, this is what he's desiring because there's other people that need the, the same divine appointment. They need what you got now. Not because you're special. God knows you're special. God thinks you're amazing. Find your identity in his love and not just how, how far you can puff yourself up or how confident we can make ourselves or self-esteem. But God ultimately loves us unconditionally and he wants what you have now. In Christ. He wants them to have it too. Everyone. What does everyone mean? That may seem kind of vague. You know who I'm talking about. Each and every one of you. In your home, and in your church, and in your city. Who is it that has been drawn right in front of you in this series? Um, Pastor Cameron and I are going to be talking specifically in the next couple weeks. Like who? When it comes to divine appointments. Who is God talking about? Who is he drawing us to? And I think that there's divine appointments that need to happen with the spouse that you're sitting next to. There's some divine appointments with the people that are sitting right in front of you or live next door to you that you already know that you're already well acquainted maybe too well acquainted with. But there's also some divine appointments that are maybe a little bit farther that you don't even know their name. But when God tells you to do or when God tells you to speak, or God tells you to serve, or when God tells you to show up, we better do it. Because he's got this moment set up for us. It's this thing that's already been prepared beforehand, that we should go and walk in them. The context, at the center of it all, is this idea that God has set up these moments for them. For them. So being on mission is about that. It's not about us coming in and being like, all right, conduit is here, or I am here to save the day. I have all the answers, and I have what you need, you know? Like, that's not it at all. It's showing up humbly, as Christ did. Christ is God with skin, and he showed up in a barn, cave, manger, humble, humble, humble. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost Jesus came to serve. serve and not be served so there's this understanding of the root of it all when Jesus has set us up in the newness of life and his workmanship created as he created the world created us new Created us new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man is in Christ, if any woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are past. Behold, all things become new. And you're here today. You're here today like, I am so lost. I'm so broken. I'm so at the bottom. I'm so worthless. If that's your perspective, you can absolutely today, in this moment, be made new forever in Holy God's Father God Jesus his Son and the power of the Holy Spirit you can be made new by faith in Jesus Christ by grace and because of his mercy and just know that this is not not an, um, an exclusive club Conduit especially is not an exclusive club it's an inclusive club To those that need hope and his name is Jesus and he changes everything and the gospel changes it all so these divine appointments happen they're set in motion they're already in motion may we see the moment and may we not miss it today in your life see it see it don't miss it I want to encourage you guys um I don't really know how this is going to go, but I want to encourage you guys, uh, if you've got divine appointments, maybe years and years ago, or maybe this week, or you've got something on, uh, in, in in line with that, if you've got divine appointments and you want to share them, um, I'd actually would love to use your story. I'd love to use your divine appointments, if it's especially if it's a snippet and short. If you want to email that to me, uh it's Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at ConduitMinistries.com. I'd love to just um, just hear your divine appointments. All right, so moving on. Centered around this idea is that there are these moments that God has set up for them and also set up for us. Luke chapter 8. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. You guys with me? Actually, I'm going to actually ask you to go to John 8 first. We're going to skip over Luke 8. John chapter 8, for the sake of time. Chapter 8, verse 1, they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him. And they sat down and they taught him. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, placing her in the midst, and said to him, teacher, they said to Jesus, teacher. This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So Jesus, what do you say? This they said to test Jesus. Ooh. C- can you hear the background music? Yeah, that, that's going to end really well, guys. Just test, test the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah, it's going to go really well for you. Um, but what do you say, Jesus? And they said this to test them and that they might have some charge to bring against Jesus. Jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground. (laughs) As they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone, with the woman standing before him. And Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and now sin no more. Today, I want you to remember one thing. Without Jesus, divine appointments seem just like appointments. Appointments. Let me say that again. Without Jesus, divine appointments seem just like appointments. You're busy. I'm busy. Our schedules are filled with appointments. We invite intentionally Jesus into those moments, into those days, into that place of hurt. And in this context, in the place of challenge and condemnation. When you invite Jesus into that moment, that becomes a divine appointment and not just an appointment. So without Jesus, divine appointments seem just like appointments. You've heard this story before, but the woman caught in adultery. This is not a story about the embarrassment of a woman that it just was caught in the adultery. I'm assuming she doesn't have clothes on I'm assuming she's been dragged out in the street I'm assuming this has caused quite a stir I'm assuming that everybody in the area is seeing and watching and now hearing with these men who are about to murder this woman what they're about to do I'm assuming everybody's watching this and I'm assuming everybody heard that person say that religious leader say to Jesus what are we going to do See, we think, and people think that this story is about a woman naked in the street about to die and be stoned to death. But this is actually, at the heart of this, this story is about sinful men thinking that their stuff don't stink. At the heart of it, Jesus somehow, he doesn't step on the law of the Old, Old Testament He doesn't step on the woman, and he doesn't even necessarily step on these sinful, pious punks. But he still speaks to the heart of all. When he shows up, he takes an appointment, and he makes it a divine appointment. And for Jesus, and for the woman, and I would argue even some of those men that were holding stones, that dropped them, boom, 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 boom. ...and walked away, I'm assuming that it was life-changing for them. I'm assuming all of this, because at the center of it all... ...Jesus has the audacity (laughs) to get down on the ground and write. What do you think he was writing? Like, do you think he was playing tic-tac-toe? Do you think he was writing down the sins of the guys holding the stones... And putting their name next to it? Do you think he was drawing a picture? Or do you simply think he was nervous and really thinking about what he was going to say? And he's like, oh shoot. What am I going to do now? Stalling? Stalling? I don't know. But here's what I do know. In the quiet tension of the moment. It says that Jesus stood up. And when Jesus stood up, here's what I'm assuming. That to those men and to the woman, I'm assuming when Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, stood up, I'm assuming that he was taller than they thought. I'm assuming that he was stronger than they thought. I'm assuming that he is smarter than what they thought. I'm assuming that he is about to call all y'all out and still in the midst of it, love them and bring them truth. I'm assuming that in this moment, Jesus brought this divine appointment to its head to draw all the attention to the heart of the Father, to the reality of the law and the reality of grace, To the reality of this woman caught in adultery. And to the reality of these men caught in their pious sin as well. Jesus has the power to change everything. I want to tell you today, Jesus is stronger than you think. Jesus is more gracious and forgiving than you will ever imagine. And Jesus sees you. And he sees everything that you've done loves you unconditionally and by your faith in him by what he did on the cross the price for your sin has been paid and he gives us mercy and he invites us to this moment with him by him that the divine appointment wasn't about this like great like truth bomb it wasn't like Jesus said that he dropped the mic and then he walked off stage that was not the design what did Jesus want he wanted them he wanted her heart he wanted their heart and he stayed and he stayed and he saw the woman's faith, which she called him Lord. And he declared her righteous. He declared her forgiven and challenged her to sin no more. And at every point, Jesus is clearly God at this moment. Because he calls in existence this divine appointment. See, sometimes centered around this idea that there's these moments where God is setting up for them. So for Jesus to bring himself into that situation, that was all orchestrated. But here's here's the other, the flip side of that. It's really fun and easy for us to be like, you know what? Hey, conduit, I want you to get on mission this summer. I want you to lean into those divine appointments, who you meet on the street, who you see on the food truck, who you're going to see this Saturday, who you're going to see during I Am Loved Week, who you're going to see in your home, who you're going to see in your workplace. I, I really, it's fun to do that. It's, it's, it's impactful and probably great for us to imagine. But here's the other side. Here's the other side of the divine appointments. <laughs> the woman on the ground, it doesn't say her name, And there's a lot of speculation in in regards to who this woman was and and, and a lot of people may think, including Mel Gibson, thinks that it's uh, Mary Magdalene. Um, The theologian Mel Gibson thinks so, then um, we should put the brakes on that. Uh, I don't don't know that there's a whole lot of biblical evidence that this woman is Mary Magdalene, but let's talk about Mary Magdalene for a moment. You see, Jesus came up to show up in this woman's life that was caught in adultery and totally changed the game for her. But then there's this other impact. Once we're saved, once we're redeemed, once we're declared righteous, once we're caught in our sin, once we're, we recognize that we sin, and once we meet Jesus, once we begin to follow Jesus, Mary Magdalene specifically switching gears, that's exactly what happened to her. It doesn't talk about where Mary Magdalene was from other than from Magdalene and it uh, doesn't talk about necessarily her home life, but it does mention that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. So she was completely afflicted, completely consumed by evil, and God miraculously, Jesus through Jesus, um, saved her. It goes on, and one of the reasons I skipped over Luke okay, 8, because I can just give you the paraphrase, in Luke chapter 8, it talks about these ladies, these women, that actually didn't just lead the charge, and lead in, in amazing and powerful ways, in the ministry of Jesus, but it says that they funded it. Mary Magdalene was one of the greatest funders, is that a name, or is that a word, funders, of Jesus' mission and the movement of Jesus. There's this response for us when we meet Jesus. There's this overflow once we meet Jesus, once we spend time following Jesus. And for Mary Magdalene, whatever happened to her, whether she was that woman or specifically like Luke 8 dives us into, talks about these seven demons. She was greatly impacted by Jesus. For her, Jesus changed everything. And her response was this overflow. You see, at the center of divine appointments, it's as if God sets up these moments. It's as if he sets up these moments for them. But honestly, for her, it was an impact on her life. It's as if God was setting up those divine appointments for her. You go on a missions trip. You kind of come flying in or driving in like, oh, we're going to change them. Oh, yeah. The love of Jesus is here truck is here. We're here to change the city. And in reality, that may not happen, but guess what does happen every time all day, we we are changed. What if the divine appointments had nothing to do with you being the hero to show and bring and give? What if the divine appointments had everything to do with you receiving? I need you to know that we have nothing to bring to the city, to this church, or our home if we're not filled with the love, grace, and the mercy, and the power of Jesus. In fact, I would actually argue that it would be counterproductive to show up in the name of Jesus and not be filled with the love of Jesus so may we end on this idea that sometimes God sets up these things beforehand, that God has already preordained, and it's got nothing to do with me showing up to help you, sir. It's actually got something to do with you intersecting and blowing my mind. Um, think about the divine appointments from that angle. What divine appointments have you been through in your life? Where literally God showed up and you thought you were showing up and God showed up to impact you in your life. As it was for Mary Magdalene, there was an overflow of her time with Jesus. There was an overflow of her intimacy with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Um, a good friend of mine said, and this is like by far one of my favorite quotes... Good friend, of my name Jim. He says, "Everything you want to do for God should just be an overflow of your intimacy with God. Everything you want to do for God should just be a natural overflow of your intimacy with God." Conduit, I want to I want to send you away this morning with a really practical takeaway. You see, for me, if I show up, if I get up in the morning, and I'll admit, don't talk to me unless I get coffee. Like, and then we can start having that conversation. But honestly, my day begins to be overwhelmed with appointments. Connections to be made, tasks to be done that should have been done weeks ago, it should have been connected with yesterday, and your day becomes overwhelmed before you know it. You're drowning in your day. You're drowning in the appointments. What if we recognize? what if we walked away that without Jesus our divine appointments would just seem like appointments? Conduit, as you walk away this summer, as you walk away today, as you go throughout these moments of divine appointments, may you recognize that it's the moments with the divine that make them divine appointments. I want you so bad, if you do nothing else, spend time... Make a divine appointment scheduled with God the Father, with God the Father. So one of the things I wanted to do was just simply give you a really practical thing to walk through. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, reading the Bible and praying and meditating on his word and just literally spending time with Jesus. Maybe that's a new thing for you, and you know what? Maybe you're like me, and sometimes you have seasons where you're like, yep, that's a natural thing, it's a normal thing. But then there's seasons where you just, it gets put on the side. Welcome to life. Welcome to reality. Welcome to the appointments. May we invite Jesus into that. And so I, I want to invite you literally um, just a practical thing. Um, if you go to your app store, whether you have an iPhone or some other um, garbage device, um, if, you want, if you want to uh, go to your, your, where you would get apps um, or your iTunes store and get the YouVersion Bible app. You may, have already, you may already have that um, And on there they have these reading plans. And there's this reading plan that we found, or that I found, um, by a pastor um, named Craig Groeschel. And it's called Divine Direction. Seven decisions that will change your life. There's seven moments, seven days, or seven uh, things that we want you to walk through. So I want to encourage you, like if if, uh, spending time with God is a new thing for you, or something that maybe you struggle with, encourage you, download this app, go to the reading plans, simply search for divine direction and read through that. It will be really, really helpful and really practical for you. I was trying to talk about this with uh, Brianne last night. And I'm like, I just want them to understand that sometimes we miss those divine appointments if we've not spent time with the divine. Not that it makes you disqualified because you didn't read your Bible today. Because you know and I know God meets us where we're at. And God uses us. But I want you to see it and not miss it. At the heart of all divine appointments is the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father in his holiness has created this connection with us to him through Jesus. In his mercy, in his grace, in his forgiveness. God's heart is he wants to be with you. That's why he died for you. That's why he wants eternity to be a long time. His unconditional love for you. Then and even now, he wants to connect with you. He wants that divine appointment. He wants you to walk, as it says in, or in Ephesians chapter 2. He wants you to walk through the doorway of those good works and those preordained moments. Those divine appointments. But for him, for the heart of the Father, and his love for you is unconditional love for you you know what he wants more than anything is he wants you he wants a divine appointment with you first and so maybe this morning as we close um, as we just uh, as we just bow our heads and have the team come up my invitation to you is that maybe for you church in this moment with your eyes closed, I just want to invite you to that divine appointment. Yeah, we need volunteers. Yeah, there's stuff to do. Yeah, there's a lot on your mind. Yeah, there's a lot on your plate. You're battling this or struggling with that. Just, Just stop, just stop, just stop. And close your eyes. And close your eyes and stand if you would. If you could just stand up right now. And just spend this moment... With a divine. Remember. He's set up this moment. He's meeting you in this moment. The center of it all. Is this idea. That there are these moments that God has set up for us. For them. For him. May you see it. Do not miss it. Jesus, thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your grace on our lives. I love the fact that we are saved by your grace and your mercy. It's not of our works. So we don't boast. So we don't brag. So we don't come into this moment and worry about Okay, God, I fell short. Okay, God, I'm, I'm not good enough. But as a son, as a daughter of Christ, of God the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, may we receive your love right now. God, I pray that in the quietness of the moment that you would speak to your body, these men and women, boys and girls, that know you, that love you, or honestly, they're not sure where they're at, would you speak to them Speak to them in the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Woo them. Not to the point of of good works. Woo them to your love first. Woo them to your grace first. Woo them to salvation in the name of Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. Redeem them, God. Redeem them by your plan that you've predestined, that you've set up that you prearranged, and in this moment, God, may they first see your love, first see your face, first see your hand reaching, and may you connect, God, the moments in their past, the moments in their present, where you've been there, you've not left them, that they're not alone, and that the future is bright. May they receive you in your goodness. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus.